What is up, my gaggle of geeks? Welcome to tonight's episode where we are going to be talking about a bevy of things. We're going to be talking about Nick Cage's new project that uh, involves things that are in cages. Oh, Gary Busey is doing judge shows. We've got new casting announcements for Mandalorian season two. Plus, we rank the Harry Potter films. I'm your host, Patrick. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Chaz. How's it going, my man? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on today and to have our guest here. He is the host of the Fandom Podcast or Fandom Podcast, which is its uh, new thing. I knew I'd messed that up. Welcome, Brandon Ushio. How's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Oh, dude, so glad to have you. So tell me a little bit about your podcast. Uh, when did you get started? And uh, what do you what do you like about film in general, I guess? So fandom is about the things that you love and not about the things you hate. So we try to take a positive spin on things over at fandom. And we talk about the things we like. We don't spend a lot of time trashing things because uh, usually there's something good you can find. If something's terrible, we'll point it out and we'll call it out and stuff like that. But we don't dwell on that uh, because we like to find the things that we love and find the group of people that loves things with us. Um, and when it comes to film, film has always been super important to me for going out and just escaping the world. Uh, and it's, it's really kind of hard right now because we're not escaping this world through film, but I, you know, any, any film, as long as it fits the goal of helping me to escape, letting me sit down and unwind, I am down to watch. It's, you know, it's film is a great way to relieve some stress and tension. For sure, man. Thank you for coming on. And I'm excited to get your opinion on a, on a few things that I've tasked you both with. Um, I realize that I've not sent over my list, so I guess I'm, I'm the punk bitch that decided not to do the thing. Uh, let's go ahead, I guess, and jump into the first bit of news, though. And uh, Chaz, do you want to take it away? Because you just recently announced this, and I think it's going to be the big headline for the weekend. All right. Well, it's very fitting because recent, recently we had May 4th. Uh, which is Star Wars Day. Woo! And so this goes right along with that. Um, Boba Fett has been casted for The Mandalorian Season 2, and it's going to be played by uh, Tamira Morrison, who also played uh, Jango Fett in Clone Wars. What? That's amazing. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? You would think, right? <laughs> He's supposed to be a clone. He's supposed to look just like him. Um, well, wasn't the wasn't the big thing to have the guy who played young Boba be Boba Fett in this? Because he's been petitioning for that since like he stopped being young Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if it has anything to do because like they could have easily casted him to play Boba Fett, right? And cast uh, Tamira. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, to do the voiceovers for Boba Fett's with his helmet on but the fact they're casting him directly is from the looks of it and this is just uh, confirmed today so uh maybe it's gonna be because he's gonna have his helmet off yeah Interesting. if he doesn't have a bucket that that makes a lot of sense so with this being the 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 big because there's a lot of casting announcements with the mandalorian you got ahsoka tano with rosario dawson i guess being all but confirmed i mean it's been really rumored and rosario dawson even was like mm, maybe <laughs> that that's a great rosario impression right 
But she, with that, we've also got this announcement. Do you think that we're going to be seeing a lot of Boba Fett? Um, has he already been teased? I, I know a lot of people when they first saw the the dopey episode with the one kid that that just was whining through the entire thing. It was episode like five, I think. He was picked up by someone in the end. People were thinking it was Boba Fett. Anybody? I have no idea. Uh, I'm open to that. I've totally forgot about that. I'm going to be honest with you. Which makes a lot of sense because it, I don't know how much of the Clone Wars cartoon you've watched, but uh, there's a whole thing about how the Mandalorians don't like Jango Fett and how he's not really a Mandalorian, even though the Mandalorians are kind of this bound culture anyway. Um, it's And so he could have a grudge against the Mandalorians for sure and just find a way to to do that and you know like you said though with the helmet it doesn't really matter who he is half of the time kit harrington's not even the one acting because yep. he's got a full suit and helmet on you don't actually need to see him i think um i don't know do you think he'll be in the in introduced at the beginning dropped off a little and then come back in the later half does he have something to do with moff gideon maybe like he gets hired out by him still uh, I'll, I'll, I want to I hear Brandon's take on this. What first. side is he on? Because <laughs> it, it's it, that's a great point, Brandon, that he's not a part of the Mandalorians, really. They kind of think he's a scurvy little bitch. But they will they accept him, or is he not no. even on their side to begin no. with? No, no. He's going to be a he's going to be the antagonist of the season. I'm sure. Fuck this shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that's a quote from Boba Fett, actually. He's going to be the main antagonist? Oh, fuck this shit. Oh, the fuck this shit. <laughs> well, you mean, after falling into that pit, like, I'm sure that he's probably pissed off. <laughs> Do you think we'll see that? Do you think they're going to show us him getting out? They have to, right? Don't be dicks. Unless, show it. <laughs> unless, unless they pull a Palpatine thing where he's actually a clone of... Pull a Palpatine self. thing... No, what the God, hell does that mean? No, That's not what please, I want. No, 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 what, what, pulling a where they introduced means. it in the initial credits and don't explain anything. No, no, you'll just, have to has read, like, three books. you'll just have to read like three books. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, that's going to cut to Dominic Mulligan or whatever his name is. Uh, fucking Mary being like, <laughs> it seems like somehow Boba Fett is alive. And that's all his speaking lines will be, and he'll not be in any part of the rest of the show. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see her take on that. Like, I wonder if it's best up left to our imagination, so that way they don't have to go into the whole canon of how he survived. It's just the fact that he did survive. What he does, mm-hmm. this, uh, this is how I think he does it, is he, it's going to be like the Joker's scars in in batman mm-hmm. and every time he tells a story about how he got out of the sarlacc pit it changes and so a, a bigger fish every time so so for some reason this this mandalorian dude decides i'm gonna i'm just gonna not tell people about my origin nice <laughs> i'm going to i I'm, I'm gonna make i'm gonna leave they're, it up to mystery they're gonna be so far against what they tried to do with the solo thing where like anytime somebody's like who are you he just murders them immediately there's there's no like Han Solo. I'm just, uh-oh. <laughs> Who I, do you I'm, think will have more screen time, Ahsoka or Boba? Boba. 
It's a show about the Mandalorians, not about Ahsoka. It'd be cool to see some Jedi action, but like this is a story about other side of Star Wars that have yet to be like really explored. So here's a deep cut though in it. One of the Mandalorians in season one mm-hmm. is uh, is assumed because of the name to be a descendant of a Mandalorian from the Clone Wars Ooh, and yeah. that Ahsoka interacted with. And so oh. there may be a family connection there. Like, because, you know, Star Wars loves to do that right now. They're this big mixed media franchise where <laughs> we're going we're gonna to tie in a comic book and a, and a dot-to-dot picture and, and a random podcast that we released. And we're going to, and we're going to make it one continuous story. Um, so I, I could see them tying that in that way as well. Totally. Well, what do you guys think about this casting announcement? Does this mean that we're going to be seeing a little bit of a history lesson to catch us up about what's been going on with Boba Fett? Whatever your thoughts are, leave a comment down below. But let's segue to more Star Wars news because we got a plethora this week. Because Taika Waititi, it turns out, is going to be directing and co-writing a new Star Wars film. Uh, We know in The Mandalorian that he covered the last episode and was the amazing character in uh, it was it it's not ig88 who is it 11 ig11 was incredible in that role definitely has a feel for star wars and and with his comedic tone holy shit i'm so ready for this but what do you guys think about this i'm i'm curious about it i mean he kind of revived thor so definitely excited for it see his take on it what what is his take what would you speculate they're going to be going with on this I, I I don't know, but here's the thing. He's not that big of a Star Wars fan, so it kind of concerns me a little bit. Uh, with the man, I mean, he is a Star Star Wars fan because I don't know of anyone who's not who doesn't enjoy some part of the Star Wars franchise. But he is on the documentary for the behind the scenes for Mandalorian. He basically said, "Look, I didn't really know what I was doing. I did I did what I do, but I then had uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni to rein me in and keep yeah, me in he, the Star he Wars." Yeah, did mention world. that. No one talks about that. And so he actually I, felt creative like constriction but he restriction. he he was grateful for it because he's like oh it made the world feel so much better because thor ragnarok like you said he brought he completely did, uh, did a big makeover on that yeah but if they then take a do a big makeover on star wars you know here's the thing i don't know why a director would take a star wars film at this time because <laughs> no matter what anybody does they're going to get <laughs> that was too loud i'll have to change the volume levels <laughs> I I I don't know because I wonder because I know I don't know if it's still a thing, but for the longest time, Ryan Johnson was rumored to take on a new trilogy, right? Uh, and I don't think anything's been spoken on that yet, to my knowledge. Um, and I wonder if this might be in the same direction, and if they're bringing him on to take it into a whole new direction, where it's stuff that we're not familiar with, to kind of revive the love for Star Wars for once, you know. Interesting that you bring that up. I wonder if this is remnants of that. But Ryan Johnson was really sticking to it being his own thing. Like he was, he's, he was very David S. Pumpkins with it all, where he was just like, it's in my own thing. I'm going to write it from Knives Out. But he's sticking to Knives Out. He's doing the next one, Fork You or whatever. What do you think is going to be the, I don't know, the tone for this? He's usually comedic. Is it, and, and I don't know. Which which era of Star Wars? Is this a known character, unknown? I I would go if it were my choice to 
where he was in the Mandalorian between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. But what do you guys think? I know in the books that they're planning right now, they're they're introducing the uh, I believe it's the High Republic, yeah, which is way it's way prequel, right? It's like the golden era of Jedi. Uh, I think it's also it's around the same time where the Sith start instituting the rule of two. So I, I, I mean, they, there's some really cool uh, mystic-y type stuff that they could do with it. Uh, and that, and that would be neat. And, but I, for, for Taika Waititi particularly, I would prefer, I would prefer something that's a little darker. Like you, like you said, in between, in between the uh, empire falling and the Republic getting its foot on the ground. Uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's in between, I don't know. I, I, there's, I, I would like to see something darker because he does a great job with dark comedy. So that I, totally. that's where I would like to see him. Well, I wonder if that's also why he's co, co he has a co-writer now, um, which is Christy Wilson Karens, who's known for 1917. And I wonder if that's to kind of ground him in that sense and not let it go too far not Star Wars, you know. 1917, you say? Yeah, which is a war, mm. which was a heavy action film, you know, and so maybe that's the intensity they're looking for and action-packed. Involving troops in 1917, you say? Oh, shit. Perhaps, because he did have a pretty, pretty brilliant joke with the stormtroopers in Mandalorian. And he has a history <laughs> of doing the antagonistic characters like Jojo Rabbit and giving the humanistic side of it. Could this be like a Stormtroopers film? An Empire-based film? I think that could be cool. Dude. Patrick? Damn. <laughs> Did we just crack the fucking code? <laughs> I don't think Disney would ever do it. It's what I want to see, so I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> that would be so dope. But... If, if that news breaks, we have to share this everywhere with the date being like, this was, this is filmed on May 8th, 2020. We'll be one of those shitty Instagram videos that have the stupid placard, like banner thing. And it's like, this clan decided to talk about Mandel or whatever, but they found out something bigger. And then <laughs> <laughs> cuts to us saying the same thing and then just freezes on our face or something. I don't know. But what do you guys think about this news? I think it's only good. And especially knowing that we're still going to get films. The only thing that I worry about is that they don't treat it the way that they're treating the TV series, which maybe now they've learned their lesson and they're taking TV into the new era. But what do you guys think? Leave a comment down below. Let's just jump into the, the biggest story of the day. But actually, before we do that, let's do a quick bit of news. And I've got a sound thing for this as well. Just a quick couple bits of news. Uh, we're going to be talking... This is for you, Chaz, actually. Community cast, including Donald Glover, are going to be reuniting for a virtual table read. It turns out to be the episode where Pierce dies, uh, which is ironically why we do not have that character in the reunion. <laughs> but I wanted to bring this up and, 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 and get your one-sentence reaction to it. One sentence? I have Fuck no idea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> cool. Brandon, do you have a one cent? Do you watch Community? Oh, I, I, everything except for the weird Yahoo-based last season. It's kind of weird. I'm on that season right now. It is kind of weird. 
So no, I love it. It's it'll be it'll be great. Donald Glover has nothing better to do right now. Yep. And in other bits of tiny bitty news, Gary Busey to adjudicate animal arguments on a new show called Pet Judge. Six episode series. It's going to premiere on Amazon Prime on May 25th. This is seriously what's happening. Gary Busey will grab his role as his gavel and possibly four other <laughs> fur rollers. He's, he's adjudicating pet ownership and who should be with who. Who designed this? I don't know, but that press release. Okay, so there's it talks about the animals that they're going to be seeing in there, and there's like monkeys and snakes and things like that. But then there's robot <laughs> raccoons, and it's like, is that an animal? Can anybody do a Gary Busey? Would anybody be brave enough to attempt a Gary Busey? Because I've got sound effects for it. We could go straight into just the hickiest. Oh, hey, how's it going? I'm a Gary Busey. I don't know. Is that it? That doesn't work. We'll stop all no, of this. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the end of Gaggle of Geeks, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Nolan North does a really good Gary Busey. Let's call him up. The voice what? actor. I, I think the best part of impressions is when they can't be done right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's the courage to, to spat it out is what I'm going to tell myself tonight. But <laughs> moving on to the big, the big story before we jump into our, our second part of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about Nicholas Cage. Now, I don't know if anybody of you heard of this uh, up-and-comer, this young, young up-and-coming actor. Uh, there recently was a documentary that came out called Tiger King, and he is going to be playing Joe Exotic. And, like, listen to this. This is primo acting. It's fantastic. He's going to be playing Joe Exotic. You guys have both seen the documentary, I'm assuming. And Chaz, you have made the best background, so we have to give it to you. And, I'm and broke as shit. I have a I judgment against me from some bitch down there this. in Florida. Uh, okay, so it's from the producers who did American Vandal. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that on Netflix. No, please tell us more about it. So American Vandal is like a mockumentary of like vandalism going on in a high school, but they're taking it very seriously. And like this kid's trying to crack the code. Like, like uh, that murderer documentary that came out. Uh, what's it called? Making a murderer. Making a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. But they, uh, so th they're in charge of this. And to me, that's just pure gold because our dear friend, how am I going to do this? Nicholas Cage is going to be putting on a mullet and a whole mustache, dude. Like how much better can that not get? Well, you've talked a lot about the show. Um, and we, I don't know if you've seen this brand, but we have talked about Joe Exotic being cast almost every episode of Gaggle of Geeks. <laughs> Somehow it's just drifted into that at some point. And Chaz, I wanted to bring this up because look, Michael Keaton is out. That was your boy. That was so my we boy. need to know, uh, Brandon, who, if you had to, to pick, Nicolas Cage turned out to be the choice for me, I guess, now that I see it, you know. But who was your pick if you were to cast this person? So I am of the minority who have never seen Tiger King. Oh, dude. Uh, what? Just binge it. I have it. I, I, it's one of those things where I just have not found the time to sit 
down and watch a train wreck like that. It's <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things. I I just have a I I didn't watch it when it was brand new, and I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like uh, Napoleon Dynamite, where I didn't watch it right away into the theaters, and everyone said this is the funniest movie ever. And then when I watched it, and you know, I heard the quotes and everything from it. And then by the time I got to watch it, like this movie's not that funny. Uh, and it was because everyone else had ruined the jokes for me at that point. Uh, but no, I, I, I think, I think Nicholas Cage. Now that that's said, that that's got to be the best casting for that. I mean, I mean, unless you're going to go with David Spade, but he's already kind of done that role. I totally agree. I, I don't think I ever pictured Nicholas Cage playing Tiger King. Like that would never cross my mind because. I mean, honestly, so the thing is like Tiger King's such a huge hit right now with like everything going on, like with the coronavirus, you know, and it's like such, it's over Facebook and there's a lot of attention to it. And Nicolas Cage is never taken seriously enough to, like, I don't think it would ever be possible to take on this kind of a show or a movie based off something so major. But here mm. we are. But was he oh, really, but was, is Tiger King really being taken seriously or is it just one of those things that came out that wasn't serious and was just not serious enough for the times that we were living in? Oh, dude, no, it revealed some major stuff. Like Carol Baskin's definitely killed her husband. That's just a thing. Carol Baskin. Um, and maybe, I mean, I think the whole time watching that show, you're just like, how the fuck does this exist in our world? Like this whole tiger pin of gangster, like we'll call him tiger gangsters essentially right and like they're all up against each other and there's like this rumor that this the host of this one park actually killed her husband like it's just like this doesn't exist like there's no way this is real and maybe that's what they're going for is because nicholas cage brings oh, a lot of surreal stuff now now i'm intrigued now i'm gonna have to watch it because that's not how it was sold to me before <laughs> oh it's totally worth a watch if you get time please Tell us, right. we're binge, having you back this. on so you can tell us about this. <laughs> but that, that was kind of the main story with this. Uh, what do you guys think about Nick Cage covering it? I think it's the perfect casting. Like, it, it just it works too well. Um, who would you think would be a better choice for uh, Carol Baskin? Ooh. Hmm. Here's the question. How old is Carol Baskin? Hmm. I don't know, because a part of me wanted Kristen Chenoweth. I think she would be great for it. Kristen Chenoweth? I don't know who that is. Oh, dude. Come on. What? Where's your theatrical part in you? <laughs> okay. Um, so I can't, I can't remember her name, but have you guys seen The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes, absolutely. Who are you talking about? The landlord. The landlord. Oh my God. Yes, that would work brilliantly. She's pretty old, though. She's a little bit older than Carol. Yeah, but you can do a lot with makeup. I don't know. She's just, she she plays (laughs) the crazy blonde. If they fucking did it with Irishman, just do it with her. Come on. This is the Tiger King. You're messing with royalty. that's, that's That's a good cast call right there. I think that, I think that does it. Well, you know, with that being said, I want to I turn this back over to our second part of, of all of this. We're going to be talking about, ooh, I don't know why I'm doing a ghost thing, ranking the Harry Potter films, um, maybe the Fantastic Beasts as well, because we, we, we did that in some cases. So we're going to be talking about 
all eight Harry Potter films plus two and uh, really ranking them down and, and talking about them. And, I, and I've thought about it for a little bit on how we're going to be splitting this up. I figured the best way to do it is give each of you the floor to A, tell your from like eight to one or, or 10 to one what your list is and then we'll cut to the next person and then we'll all just kind of talk about it since we all have the lists up and I'll send mine over to you while I hear both of yours. So I let's start with you, Brandon. Uh, what do you have? Okay, so I've got all 10. I've got, I included the Fantastic Beasts. And, uh, you know, so starting at 10, you've got The Crimes of Grindelwald, which could have been a much better movie than it was, but it wasn't, it was fun. Uh, I t it was my son's first opening night screening movie. And so he was excited about that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just okay. And you would think with the cast that they had, they should have had a lot better. Um, Fantastic Beasts comes in after that. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's not, it's not as impressive as the Harry Potter movies were. Uh, then jumping into the official Harry Potter movies, uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1 is my least favorite. It is, it is not a story. I love, getting, I love cutting to the reactions. Yes! <laughs> I love that. Please. So it's, it's just not a story. I, 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 it's a, it's a fun movie. It, it fits every qualification that I, uh, that I need to go to see a movie. Right. I've famously said on my podcast that Battleship was a good movie because it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It got me in an air conditioned room for two hours eating popcorn. Um, but you know, Harry Potter. And so I, I enjoyed every single one of the Harry Potter movies. So I'm picking at nits here. But it just, it was the first half of a story. So just on its own there. I also did not like uh, Infinity War on its own. Mm. But then you tie it with Endgame and it's one of my favorites. Interesting, because there's a difference between the two in my opinion. Like when you look at Infinity War and Deathly Hallows, one had a book that needed to be based off it and one was kind of written to be the first part. Did you like one over the other or was it the same issue? Um... With the, with the Avengers, when you tie them together, it's great. I just, I didn't like how it was a naked cash grab. Oh, all of these people that we just signed for three movie contracts, we killed. So that's... Thank you so fucking much. <laughs> it was like, oh, all the people whose view. contracts are ending survived. I wonder how, what's going to happen. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, but no, I just, I just like it when things are complete stories. Uh, you know, if about the same time as Deathly Hallows came out, the Mockingjay part one was coming out. It was just the trend to split up the last book into two movies. Uh, and granted, the, the book, Harry Potter was like that thick, but they, they could have told a better story, in my opinion. I guess I should have uh, asked both of you. Have you read the books as well? Yes. Okay. Here, let me cut back. Yep. Chaz is shaking. Yes. Yes. Uh, we, <laughs> um, good. And... I guess that would be another list for another time because there is a very big difference of which is a better adaptation versus which is your favorite. Yes. But, but who, what is your next one on this? So then we're going to go to chamber of secrets. It was, it was good, but it was just chamber of secrets. Um, then order of the Phoenix. Uh, after order of the Phoenix is half blood prince. Then I've got the prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, Deathly Hallows part two the philosopher or sorcerer stone I've, I've actually got it on my blu-rays philosopher stone 
which which is more entitled to say because i like saying philosopher's stone i just don't know the original title and you see and that's where i like i like saying that but is that pretentious to be like "Mm -hmm." i like the first (laughs) pretentiousness in harry potter what no say it's not so But then, yeah, and then my the the number one on my list, which is just oh, based on, on a preference. On. Yeah. Goblet of Fire. Nice. I and, think that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's just when stuff got real. When spoilers, Cedric died. It was like, oh, okay, this is this is not the the easygoing movie that series that it was before, and I knew that because of the books. But still, they did a good job on it. That is an excellent list, and I do want to talk to you more about yours. But before we do that, Chaz, I want to hear your list as well. So uh, break it down from uh, I don't I don't know I don't remember seeing if you had done Fantastic Beasts. If you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, they all suck. Like, can we just all agree? Like, these these are all just hot garbage. Um, you look at them. I actually have not seen Fantastic Beasts, and I have no desire to, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I think they kind of ran by, by the time they came out, Harry Potter has already been out for like so long. It's like, what else can you tell? Like, because Harry Potter told all of its stories. That's just my opinion, but uh, we'll go from least to best. We'll, we'll follow the same suit. Um, my least favorite of all of them is the chamber of secrets. And I think that's because I don't know. I don't, I don't give that look. Patrick. <laughs> I know. Bear with me. I think honestly, it's part of the. I, I based it mostly off of like from adaption from the book, essentially, and like that's the book I don't remember much of except for like the whole last half, like the the, the snake, you know, the Slytherin. Um, but I don't remember seeing that movie unless it was on ABC too. So like, it's just I don't have much of a connection with it. Um, next in line is Order of Phoenix which is by actually one of my favorite books. So it's switched on my list. Uh, Goblet Fire is next. I thought that was a fun one, very action packed. Uh, but then it kind of got serious for me uh, with, with the Half-Blood Prince being after that. And I think it's because it, you know, the series kind of matures with the character, which I really appreciate. And I think when it shows up, the maturing is kind of like in the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is right after that. Uh, and that one, I, I, I'm a sucker for werewolves. So that's just naturally like kind of on the upper tier for that. Uh, but of course I really love the first movie. I remember watching that with my dad and like, even thinking about it now, I mean, they started filming that in like what, 1999, 2001. And that's like almost 21 years ago. Like, I mean, how crazy is that? Right. Uh, and so there's just like a lot of nostalgic stuff for that. And for the last two, I did Harry Potter, um, Deathly Hollows, part one and part two. But it's because I think those movies deserve to be watched back to back. And it's almost impossible to like have a favorite of those because they are essentially one story. Um, and that's kind of like I and this is actually the first instance I kind of noticed that movies might do the part one, part two. But like I remember part one did end abruptly out of nowhere. Yeah. And which I mean could cause an issue if you're just doing like a single basis, but like realistically, you're gonna watch part two right after. So, like it's still one whole story essentially. Does that make sense? 
I think it does. Like to me though, with part one, the the only issue with it is that they built up part two to stand so much on its own. You know what I mean? Like they took part one and they really made that like a good, let's make the first part like work for it. But in part two, they were like, let's try to make this for anyone who's never seen Harry Potter. You can jump right into it. And I think it made that more of a complete film. And like, I don't know. I, I got to be honest. Maybe I'm a heathen, but I totally skip part one and go to part two. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you can. You can because it stands on its own. And they did that because they knew people who had left the series halfway through were going to come back for the last Harry Potter movie. It was an event. It broke records. It was, yeah. Sorry. So, but, but the thing with that though is that like, if I remember correctly, because I haven't read the book since like junior high or elementary. So it's been a long freaking time but where part one leaves off there's only like maybe 150 pages left of the book and they're heavily packed 150 pages right and they show that in part two but i'm like it's the same thing with like the hobbit series how they leave it on that like on like if hobbit was broken up into two movies like i would have been fine with that but like they broke up into three that's a whole different story (laughs) but it's the fact like on the second movie they left it on smog leaving the building i'm like what more is there to tell like literally the last half of the book is like them going back to their, to their hometown. Like, so I think this movie kind of set that formulation up, that formula up for movies to follow. But like, I, I don't know, like for me personally, like I just watched them back to back because no, I mean, this movie taught studio executives the exact wrong lesson yep. of, Oh, you split it up and you'll make a whole lot more money. And so, Break, yeah, you're right. A lot breaking of Dawn part one, breaking Dawn part two. I'm <laughs> like, that, that movie is probably the least movie that should have, any chance of that being a thing ever, period. The money. It's all about the oh money. God. A lot so of people I, have said that part one in Mockingjay and part two were like good adaptations, but the books weren't good. Like it was a great oh, adaptation, yeah. but Mockingjay just wasn't a good book overall. I, I remember and, reading when I was little. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember much about it, to be honest. The, 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 the third book was very rushed, but that's a whole different thing. We'll tune in when we rank the Hunger Games. No. Ooh. Um, Chaz, amazing list. And I think we all actually have a lot in common when it comes to what we have on these. Um, let me break down mine, I guess. Shit. Let's go. Uh, I, I honestly, you could just put Crimes of Grindelwald and um, First Fantastic Beasts in the in the 10 and 9 category because I, I watched the first hour of Crimes of Grind- Grindelwald, okay? And maybe this will turn into a rant. It might not. But we, I, I started watching it and I saw Johnny Depp. And when I first knew that they were going to do the bait and switch and, and Colin Farrell disappeared and up fucking came Johnny goddamn Depp. And it was during all of the controversy shit. And even then, he was just doing the one-note Jack Sparrow stuff in all of his roles. So when I saw him, I was just like, all right. And then we go to Crimes of Grind- Grindelwald. And I think that he's going to have, because I've seen Black... Um, Ah, shit. You guys know what I'm talking about. What is the one that he did where he played um, Gotti? No, not Gotti. He played... Uh, oh, the gangster film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black something. Uh, I don't... I keep wanting to say Black Mirror, but I know that's not it. It'll it, be pulled up because I can get this done Black after Mass? this. Black Mass, motherfucker. You got it. And <laughs> so I, I saw that and I was like, oh, maybe this will be a good comeback for him. And then I watched the film and they're trying to link the Holocaust to wizarding shit. They're trying to, they're trying to make all these stupid things with like a cast of 50 people that they want to put individual storylines in for the movie. And then they've got Ezra Miller 
and his character. That's maybe the most important yet underdeveloped and just annoying parts of the saga. It's just we'll we'll be done with those two. So you never that. finished you never finished the second one then. I, I you know I've watched enough of the reviews and stuff, but here's the thing: I never put out a review for these films that I can't finish. Like if I don't get through it, I'm not reviewing it. Yeah. A lot of people like to just jump in and be like, let's let's give the spark notes and, and call it my quick thoughts. I don't even like that. Like most of the times I don't leave a theater. I think the only time that I tried to was the emoji movie, but the power of Christ compelled me to stay and sit <laughs> through that monstrosity. I don't know, but let's jump in, I guess. Um, so you're going to hate me, Chaz. I'm so sorry. Number eight uh, is definitely Deathly Hallows part one, only because I don't think it, it has that connection between the two. And, and it just is this really slower film for me. I just couldn't connect with it. Uh, number seven, I went with Order of the Phoenix. Uh, I just think it was also one of the slower films. Uh, it did have the super important film uh, moment with Sirius Black in the end. But it wasn't until that point, actually, where I felt like I had woken up and been like, oh, shit, something actually happened in this. The rest was just talking about prophecy and, and, and stuff like that. Pacing uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pacing issues. I agree with you on most of all of these, actually. Um, Half-Blood Prince is the next one, uh, mainly because I, I think just the, the Harry Potter films have a really great rewatchability to them. Yeah. Like, say what you want about the quality. And, and a lot of them, a lot of film snobs don't necessarily equate to being any top level or anything. But they're rewatchable as shit. And I love going through them with my wife. Uh, rewatching some of the ones that, that I watched as a kid and Chamber of Secrets, regardless of it having kind of like the replayability of stuff, it, it still ended up being on, on this is kind of in the middle of the road, not necessarily yeah. the worst. And it was uh, the last one where we got the first Dumbledore, uh, which I've already Richard uh, something Richards. No oh, crap. Uh, didn't yeah. Even, didn't have even started that one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Richard? Uh, oh, what is his name? Yeah. All right. It's it's that. Chaz will correct us while I'm doing this. But um, the next one that I have, this is my number four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, because it is endlessly rewatchable. And it's so fucking fun to see Cedric Diggory, to see um, the Ron and Hermione stuff start to, to finally seep in. And it's like what you guys are saying, they hit puberty. They're fucking like, oh shit, we got to deal with, <laughs> we got to deal with wizard boners now. <laughs> Victor Crumb is here and he's emasculating every single one of us right now. <laughs> um, real quick, Sir Richard St. John Harris. Richard Harris, fuck. Yeah, well. I don't know. Don't let that poop on your reviews. Let's go. All right, so the final three. We've got Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because I remember watching that in the, in the theater. How old were you guys when you watched Sorcerer's Stone? I was 15. 15? Yeah. Oh. Um, I was, I'm going to feel young saying this because that I remember watching that. My dad rented it from Blockbuster or bought it or something when it came out on DVD. Oh, you um, didn't see it in the theaters. I did not. I didn't hear anything about this movie. I was in first grade when it came out. So I was seven, six or seven. Mm, I think that would have placed me probably second or third grade. Um, but yeah, I remember the magic of it. It really felt really magical. Christopher, Col 
Columbus did a, a fantastic job with this movie. Yes. And I still go back to it. Ha- Hagrid is one of the most inspired casting choices I've ever seen, like from a book to a character. Holy shit, they crushed it with that one. And he was liked, the one casting that J.K. Rowling said was non-negotiable. Yeah, J.K. I remember was like, in a she, contract, right? Yeah. Oh, God, that's amazing. Uh, number two, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Uh, I, I, I'm putting this up there not only because they finally got their shit together acting-wise. I think everybody realized the stakes that was in this last final film. And, and Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, they all decided to actually like really hone into their characters and give emotional, powerful performances. And, and there's so many little silly fun stuff. And it's a lot like Endgame, where, where we sat in the theater, everybody... Some people had socks, you know? Some people were just holding socks. I remember, I remember there were tons of house elves just chilling in a row. And um, just seeing the, the silly accidental laughs when like Voldemort hugs Draco. <laughs> it's so cringy, but hilarious. Or when Voldemort does that weird little <laughs> kind of laugh while he's doing things. There's 10 hours of that on YouTube. And he's like, Harry Potter is dead. <laughs> For 10 hours. Okay. It's brilliant. It's awesome. Brilliant. It had so many good stuff. It was a fantastic ending. It, it was a better ending than we got from Game of Thrones. So fuck it. It gets number two. And the, the, the first one for me, the one that actually like, it flipped it off for me. Because my, my Baptist aunt was really up in arms about this film. And did not want people to watch it, I remember. And she was spouting, this is witchcraft, people. And I'm not judging her. She can believe whatever she wants. But she was like, it's fucking witchcraft. And, and I was in Rollins, Wyoming. And I heard about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And the one thing I kept hearing in the news is this shit is dark. Like, this is dark. Don't take your kids. This is going to screw up your kids. They're going to be obsessed with magic. You're going to turn your kids into frogs. And that made me want to watch it even more. The Dementors scarred me for They were time. designed so well. I mean, the books described them well, but the movie, they did such a good job on them. Absolutely. And the Dementors were incredible. The Mentor with Lupin was incredible. The, the, the time jumps and, and the way they were able to, to use that um, from the books, it was such a different adaptation, but such a faithful one at the same time that I didn't appreciate most of it as a kid but the further along i went the more i watched these movies they all work on the same beats but prisoner of azkaban works on multiple levels that that others just don't and, and that's why it was my number one pick why did i not understand the fact but let's talk about let's talk about um i guess what what we loved about each other's things since we got the lists up honestly i think goblet of fire was a great number one pick like, i would have picked that one because just like it's so endlessly rewatchable yeah like this the scene where Durmstrang comes in and they're spinning their staffs and yeah that i mean i i remember watching that thing that was pretty cool um but you know talking about you know with with your list with prisoner of azkaban i mean gary oldman just uh, he's just like, like the highlight of that movie like i I love that guy. Like he does su- such a good job in that role. Well, you don't even recognize him. Like you don't notice it's Gary Oldman in that. He does a good job of disappearing into the role. And Chess, like I think that you've got the perfect combination with putting the one and two together. I don't know why I didn't think about that, 
but it probably does make it much better. I just personally have not been like the one to do it. But there's subtle stuff in that first, in that part one that I'm neglecting to acknowledge, like the uh, dancing scene. Yep. Or or Ron's. You you fucking tell it, dude. You picked it up. <laughs> well, no, it's just there's there's like I don't think they would have wasted so much money on part one if they knew they could just jump right to part two. You know. Mm. Because but if they had left out all of part one, oh, the fans would have killed them. Right. Which goes back to my original thing. Like, why not just include part two in the last half of part one? Like, dude, that's the issue with Star Wars too, okay? And like The Hobbit. Why oh, shit. Make... I know. Oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. Why Listen to me! Trim... Here we go. Why, why trim so much stuff off of it instead of making it one huge epic finale? Because that's what they're meant to be. Like, it's tying everything together. Like, allow it to be the length it needs to be. But it's, and as Brendan said, though, it, is, it does come down to money, and they want to make the money off of it. J.K. Rowling was actually asked if there, she was ever mad that they cut anything out of the books to adapt it to the movie. And she said, no, not really, because it, it, it doesn't matter. The books were too long to do a good movie. And she said... It, they could have done a 12 hour director's cut and fans would have still been mad about things that they had left out. And so, so funny that she mentions that, but like, being the one that is writing the screenplays for fantastic beasts and refusing to not leave a single thing out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's such an interesting approach because like in 2001, 2003 and 2005 or 2002, 2003, whatever, or the rings right they were all singular films but those books are like jam-packed with detail yet they still made it work and allowing itself to be the length they needed to be that said though if somebody is going to marathon the lord of the rings they're going to marathon the extended editions you're goddamn right <laughs> because you just can't theatrically release that much yep you're right on that uh, and and I'm glad that you did include the Fantastic Beast films in this because I was thinking regarding Lord of the Rings, like we wouldn't include The Hobbit if we were doing the Lord of the Rings rankings. No, we would have. You right? That's what, the more I've been getting into this, the more I've been thinking like you would have included everything that had to do with that world because and you you would have included all, if you were doing Star Wars, you would have included Rogue One or Han Solo or The Mandalorian if you're going to go on TV or even the, the, the Star Wars. Clone Wars TV series, you know, or uh, what do you call it? The other one, the the other animated one, Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, mm. I don't watch the cartoons, but like, oh, I mean, you would have. Yeah, you yeah. should. If I could pitch anything, because I'm going to start watching um, Shit's Creek this week. Oh, hell uh, yeah. But if I could recommend, check out the Clone Wars last season. The last four episodes, I believe, yes, were, were written specifically to be a standalone film. So, like. The only backstory really? that you really need is that Ahsoka Tano was Anakin's partner. or, or and, she, uh, and she left apprentice. the order, right? She left the order because she didn't like that they were policing shit. And, and she kind of went... Uh, she's like Rey's actual great Jedi. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. But, um, <laughs> she, but she has a lot to do in this. And also you need to re- remember that Maul is still alive and that he has lived past into Rebels. I don't know if you knew a lot about the story with him and Rebels that they yeah and they finished his character again. off with that. Yep. So there's there's going to be a little bit of tie into that and tie into not a lot about the Crimson Dawn from Solo, but like how he's not dead 
is really the only thing that they really do. What do you think about that? I've not asked uh, anybody about this. What do you think about the ending of Clone Wars, Brandon? Did you watch it? Oh, I, I loved the ending. I so I did. I was one of those whose people said you need to watch you need to watch Clone Wars. I'm like the kid show, and literally <laughs> it wasn't until like six months ago, not even six months ago, like three months ago, I sat down and said, okay, I'm going to watch this. And the first couple seasons is a kid show. It's not good. Uh, but then, <laughs> but you know, but I watched it with my kids. So that worked out. But then as I started watching more and more, it did kind of what Avatar, uh, the last airbender did where it went from a kid show to, Oh no, this is a show for grownups. Now this is a show that's talking nuance and, uh, and so it got better and better and better as it went on. And then this last season was really good. I think the first four episodes of this last season were not nece- necessarily necessary, but they, uh, they, were, they were good episodes. But the, the last four, if you're going to watch anything, watch the last four, knowing that Ahsoka is, is Anakin's trainee and that and that Maul lived past episode one. And those last four are just, they're great. Okay, they really fill, are. Fill me in real quick, because I know he has robotic legs. Yes, so he survived he out survive? of hate. And those robot legs is, are basically just like hooked him up. Because, because tanks, all that stuff. Obi-Wan cut him in half as he fell down that. And in the, in the movie, you see him going in half. And so he, basically, yeah, he, he was able to survive without legs. So they don't then, really like do anything like oh, I can't walk or or like him building up to it. He just is like that by the time you get to him. And it's just okay. I have a hard time figuring that part out, but it's the force. Oh, totally. The, the force just it, it, there's no problem here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm so mad. And then he's just like I'm alive. All of my vital organs somehow still functioning cuz I'm so mad. And real real quick um, while we're on the topic of Star Wars, did you guys watch Star Wars on May 4th? Is that a ritual you do? I, I did. I watched a couple and Spaceballs as well. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I watched, I started out my day watching the last episode of Clone Wars. Okay. Watched some of the Mandalorian behind the scenes. And then I always watch some Star Wars, but it's never, I know people who all day long watch every movie and I just, I don't have time for that. And now that, so now that the Skywalker saga is tied up, do you think there's an order people need to watch them? Like this a machete order? This is the debate. Like back when somebody hacked it so that Phantom Menace can't exist? Yeah, so I... I, I, I well, it depends on what your bias is, right? Because now so many films have so many specific people pissed off about them. You know what well, I mean? Oh, yeah, but like some, somebody's like, oh, you start with five, or you start with four and five, and then like bring that reveal you cut to like one, two, and three to get Vader's backstory. Then you continue back to five to six. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how- It really depends on who you want to be your protagonist. Is Anakin the protagonist or is Luke the protagonist? Because if uh, Luke is the protagonist, you start with four. Okay. And you do four, five, one, two, three, six. If you want Anakin and Vader to be the protagonist and have it be all about his redemption, you start... At one, two, three, four, and five, then you, six. four, five, six. So it really, it really depends on what you want. And you know, until Rise of Skywalker, I did. I was not a member of the Darth Vader was redeemed camp. But if there was one theme throughout the entire uh, sequel trilogy, 
it's that redemption is always possible. The good guys always have to let the bad guys try to be better. And when they are trying to be better, we have to let them be good. We, you know, we can't say, no, you were a terrible person. Although both Vader and Kylo were terrible people. Uh, Ray was modeling correct behavior for us. I agree She's just that. not a Skywalker. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, of, of all the nits to pick. Of all the nits to pick. Yeah, dude. I'm like, how's that not like a... I, I don't like it because it undermines the premise of Last Jedi. It's, 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 it's a paradox between two movies that didn't need to exist, but they just felt needed to be there anyway. Like, Nothing inherently was tied to she really wants to be a Skywalker really bad in Rise of Skywalker. Just that, you know, she wanted to keep training. So you're doing exactly what you were talking about with Harry Potter. Bring it back to Harry Potter. Oh my God, we're with, doing this. All right. With de- with I'm Deathly not ready. Ha- Shit. With, with Deathly okay. Hallows, <laughs> you cannot put one and two together. They, they are separate movies. Hmm. But if you can separate eight and nine, yes, I know the story continues but it doesn't in <laughs> deathly hallows as well so i think that's if, if you can watch the movie in a vacuum it doesn't it, you know there were pacing issues there were some weird story issues palpatine's back in the, the opening crawl there were mixed media messages coming in that yeah. were not given to you in the movies those are the things that i would be complaining about rather than she said her name is Skywalker. Well, here's the thing, because I don't, I, I don't want to pay myself as that person, but I'm, I'm going to fucking come across as that person. <laughs> but the, the thing that I don't like about it is when you have a trilogy, you need to have a through line. You need to have story arcs that yes. start and end and have stakes and that matter. And this seems so like kind of back and forth and wishy-washy about what they want their characters motivations to be like take a look at finn for example the thing that that finn has is that he needs to know where to belong they solve that issue with the last jedi and so they really don't have anything for him to do in rise of skywalker except for yell where's ray they have an opportunity with the with who turns out to be lando's fucking daughter if you check the the things probably Probably. No, they say it in the books. This is Lando's daughter, by the way. What? Yeah, they actually confirmed in the books, in which again, I don't think they confirmed it. I don't think they confirmed it. They pull this shit up, goddammit. It (laughs) It exists. Okay, but I mean keep going back to Finn though, real quick. Yes, so 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 Finn, he's got this relationship with her. You you have this sitting fruit to be able to be like he inspired the stormtroopers to rebel. They don't take it, they just don't give them any connection. Rose is completely sidecast, even though they clearly she had her own theme in the Last Jedi. She's just nowhere to be found in this. The the awkward insertions of Leia, even though they're a good tribute, feel like you're talking to a ghost or like a pre-recorded thing. And I'm not saying you can do it better or I could do it better. I'm just saying that you can't really throw away everything that the movie did before it if you're trying to tie it up. And they didn't need to tie up all nine films. But did they really? It didn't need to happen from the Last Jedi. Because we see, so the thing with Finn is that in the first movie he's a stormtrooper, right? And he's lost and stuff. And in the second movie, like you said, he finds his footing because the the Nicio del Toro's character shows him that like both sides contribute to war. There's no good or bad. It's just like they're both neutral, and it's up to you to decide which one you want to do. 
And in the third movie, we see him take down a whole starship fleet and, sacri- and almost sacrifice himself, essentially, going up against his own, what he knows best. And, like, that's an arc in, the, in itself, you know? And with, like, Ray, like, people are saying that, like, Rise of Skywalker retcons The Last Jedi because, like, in The Last Jedi, it's, you're a nobody. But, like, the thing with her character arc is that she had to accept that she was a nobody in order to become somebody. And in this movie, she actually becomes a symbol, which is the Skywalker symbol. Like, Skywalker doesn't, isn't a name anymore. It's more of a symbol and a legacy at that point. Because she does exactly what the, all the Skywalkers have done, which is take down um, vampires. Yes, sir. But but let's say that it wasn't the Emperor and they didn't force that thing into it and it was Snoke, which I'm assuming might have been what they were going to do. Or, or, or it turns out the Snoke was a failed Emperor Palpatine clone, but they had to retcon it. But like, say something like that is different. The only reason that anything works in Rise of Skywalker is with this stupid keystone of Palpatine exists in this world now. Everything hinges on that. And they don't explain it. So it's like, wouldn't her, wouldn't her better, better part of her like wanting to take up a name of someone be Han Solo rather than Luke Skywalker? See, and I, I feel like in The Force Awakens, there was a definite dad vibe from Han Solo and Rey. I, 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 wanted, I wanted that to happen. That was where I was at. But and Ray's um, and Ray, Finn has wanted to screw every single thing that walks, including Poe. In all of these films, he, he has a love interest in every single thing. So are you saying that when Finn was saying, I have something to tell you, it was that he wanted to tell her that he loved her? Uh, well, no, because JJ confirmed that that was him right. saying that he okay, was. Okay, that's, that's what I was I think that was just edited really bad. Like, yeah. we, no, we heard yeah, something there, there, about there, there being issues. a three-hour cut. There, there's, there's clunky issues. There's pacing issues galore. There's plotline issues, but... I don't know. It's it's it was a fun movie that tied together nine movies, which is hard. And where you say they don't have to do that, I feel like the end of the Skywalker saga, they did have to do it because it's, it's a legacy. It's a name. It's just like a, a, a you're symbol a name. of something greatness. <laughs> Damn it! I got two people that gets me on this one. Here's what <laughs> I'll say: as a person that loved Return of the Jedi more than anything, bringing back Palps oh. pisses <laughs> me off. But that's my bias because I'm biased in, in that situation. It's not a douchey. And we go, were talking about Harry Potter. Let's wrap know, fucking Harry Potter up real quick. <laughs> but, so with that said, Harry Potter, <laughs> with, with your guys' picks, I think you actually had excellent choices. We all kind of rounded out to where all of ours were. And I do think that this is due um, maybe later on for a different uh, arrangement of the rankings. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess closing up Harry Potter. Anything you guys like to say about what you think of the saga? Where do you think they're going with Fantastic Beasts? Nowhere good? I don't, know. I don't think there's another one coming out. I really don't. Ooh, they're not going to do the five? You don't think No, they'll... no, I don't no think No HBO they... Max? Straight to digital. It's the new, it's the new straight to VHS. I hope not, dude. I miss movie theaters. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about them. They're like, IMAX, like seriously, like they're holding on Tenet right now. Next week, we'll find out if Tenet gets pushed back. That, that is something that was released. I've got a, I've got a quarantine hack for you guys, and it's Ooh, an expensive one. But if you miss the theaters this badly, it might be worth it. 
Uh, just before lockdown, I got an Oculus Quest, which is a computer-free VR headset. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and the uh, watching movies on that, you can resize the screen to like an IMAX size and put on a nice pair of headphones. And so you're sitting there and it's just this giant curved screen in front of you. It, if you're okay going to a movie theater by yourself, virtual reality can replicate a lot of that experience. It's, it's pretty cool. How is it with the dizziness? Going? You get dizzy? I don't get dizzy at all. I did on the first generation of, of VR stuff that you know people I knew had, but then this one, it, it tracks great. Uh, I don't get dizzy. The YouTube app is actually my preferred one for it because it removes, it doesn't try to replicate a movie theater. It just giant floating screen in a grayish room where mm. we, like the Netflix, the Netflix app has you sitting in a, in a living room in like some really nice house. And it's like, nope, just give me a screen. I'm not here. Cause I want to pretend like I'm sitting on a couch while I'm si- sitting in, in a chair at my house. I, I want just this nice screen experience. So, but no yeah. VR, uh, VR can replicate it quite a bit. And I, I think the other day the Oculus Quests were back in stock. They were out of stock for a good month, but uh, they were just back in stock just the other day. So that, there, there's my quarantine hack for if you're missing the movie theaters. Nice. Very That's good. Smart. I, I would never thought about that. I, I would just say like invest in like surround sound and just piss off your neighbors if you live in an apartment with like a rumbling bass. I have a friend who literally has IMAX speakers. He's trying to get Ooh. enough amps to to power them those poor neighbors <laughs> seriously at that point it's like hey i'm gonna be your upstairs neighbor like if you ever want to watch a movie just bring the popcorn <laughs> oh well i think that about covers it for all of us as far as uh, harry potter uh nick cage all the shit that we've talked about the the rise of skywalker uh, attack that I'm happened sorry. to me the vagrant attack by, of the by, by my co-host and my special guest. And I would like to thank my special guest here, Brandon, for coming onto the show. Uh, again, you can find him on the, uh, shit, I got it off again. The Fandom Podcast um, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want. Thank you again for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's, this is a lot of fun. And again, uh, Chaz, of course, you're, you're here. You're, you're always willing to to be my cohorts on all of these stupid adventures that end up being fun. Uh, where can the people find you and what do you have going on? Uh, Twitter, Instagram at your boy Chazze. And I am actually working on some projects with some film friends uh, using zoom meetings to kind of help produce and do table reads. So it's, I did see that. Well, you're quite a filmmaker, aren't you Chaz? I don't know what that accent was, but you're quite a filmmaker. I'm, well, I mean, I went to school for it, so hopefully it follows through. <laughs> Dude, so exciting. Um, you can follow us again. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic. Uh, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and we will see you at the next review.